Well, hello, long time no talk. Thanks for tuning in. I'm going to call this maybe episode zero of season two because I did episode zero the last time that was kind of a little mini-sode, a little toolbox episode, a shorty, as Mark Marin likes to call him, before I got into the season of interviews. And I guess I'm going to do the same thing today as we kick off the long overdue season two of Rust Belt Startup. Thanks for tuning in. I'm your host, Ryan Miller. Uh, Rust Belt Startup, if you haven't listened before, uh, is typically focused on long-form conversations with uh, entrepreneurs, educators, artists, people that are building interesting lives in interesting locations. Typically, that's out of major metro areas. So I, I get to meet people from all across uh, uh, the country and even a little bit this season overseas, which I'm super excited to share with you guys. But today I wanted to kind of kick off the season by telling you a little bit about um, some of the, like, first of all, why have I been gone so long? We ended season one at the end of 2018 and here it is July of 2019 and I'm like, I can't believe it's taken me this long to get into the second season. And it's not for lack of work or effort. There have been a lot of things going on and want to kind of explain that, but also use this episode as a way to kind of dive into some of the tools and tactics that I've used to try to get things out the door so I could focus on this particular project. And, uh, and we'll talk about that throughout the episode. So here's the, the biggest thing. Um, uh, my wife and I had another baby. Well, she had the baby. I helped. But we've got another uh, uh, a little kid uh, in the house. And so that's changed things considerably, as, as, as you might expect. So we had a little boy at the end of November. And, um, and so we've been, we've been kind of, um, I've been being a dad and trying to keep my head above water with work and being a good partner and also, um, enjoying the time that, uh, that we've got, uh, with the both of them at this very, very young age. So that's one of the main reasons that I've been kind of a little bit on, on hiatus here is, is frankly getting my priority straight, which is my family (laughs) to start. Um, but the other side of this is that, um, I've been also working on another project that really ate up a lot of my time. And it was a project that um, I'll, I'll, I spent about, I mean, on and off, really about five years putting together. And uh, that's what I want to focus on today is kind of the creation of that and then maybe going into uh, some, of, some of what I've learned throughout that process. It's been so long since I've been asleep. 2 down Street. So um, let's let's talk about what what that project was. That pro- if some of you guys may have, have seen this in a previous life, and I guess I'm kind of dabbling in that now. In a previous life, I have been writing. Well, I guess I've been writing music for almost the last 20 years, and have put out several records, CDs. Uh, albums, however you refer to them, uh, with with uh, uh, a couple of bands, several bands, and then I've put some solo projects out there as well. And the last one that I put out was, I think, 2000, uh, 2012. And it was a project that I was really proud of, um, but um, really kind of put music on the shelf a little bit after that came out um, for a lot of different reasons. But, you know, I've always wanted to kind of get back into the writing and recording of a project. And it took me really from uh, inception to to this spring to kind of get it the way I wanted it. And 
and put it out to the world in a way that I thought was different than what I think a lot of people would do when they release uh, a record or an album. So the project was called Postcards, Poetry, and Prose, and it's basically, uh, it's an eight-song album or EP. I don't even know, you know, what constitutes what these days, but it's a project um, that I had been working on of original music, um, where I'm playing most of, of the parts and had some great uh, friends and colleagues and hired guns come in to, you know, make these songs uh, the best that they possibly could be. And so what you hear there is one of the final products of uh, of the songs. That's a, a, a song called Late Night Radio that um, that took you know almost all of five years to, to get right. Uh, and one of the things I wanted to do with this project was um, show my work. You know, as a music lover and music fan, one of my favorite things to do was and is when I get a, a record or a CD, some physical part of that of that album is to tear through those liner notes or to log online and, and really uh, uh, try to search out and digest uh, as much as I as much information as I can about the process of making that particular record if it resonates with me it doesn't doesn't have to be about the gear um, uh, although that does that does interest me but I'm really interested in in how that person comes up with the concept for a song and how they turn that idea into a finished product that gets put out in, into the universe. And so I kind of made a project that I wanted to make. And so the, the, the genesis of this was to basically answer the question of, okay, what if through the process of making an album from, uh, uh, from conceptual lyrics or, or, uh, or, or melody all the way through the finished product, what if all of that, what if, what if you as a listener uh, could experience all of those things and kind of, you know, peel away the layers from that finished product to kind of see the earth that that song grew out of. The uh, not just the story behind it, but literally be able to read and listen and see uh, uh, the process of a song coming uh, into fruition from uh, from concept to final product. And so that's that's what I wanted to do. So really early on, uh, uh, the first kind of notes and and demos and ideas were really started uh around 2015 and uh i had the wherewithal to kind of put the cameras up and put the microphones up as i was trying to build out some of these songs and the final product is really the 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 biography uh, of of the final songs and so i put out the album it's on on the streaming services spotify and apple music and google play and amazon and all that all that jazz but um, what I was really excited about was I, I built a website that was 
um, really a way for a listener to explore all of the process of, of that creation. And I packaged all of it again into an ebook that you could download if you have an iPad on the iBooks bookstore. So for me, that was one of the first times that I had seen an album um, really released as a book, um, uh, a book-esque uh, way to release an album that was also a website uh, and kind of had all this stuff built around it other than just the album. So uh, I hope people really dug it, and uh, it, it, was a, it was a process that was, um, as, I, as I look back over the last five years, it was really rewarding to see how those things took shape. You know, one of my favorite books uh, of late is um, uh, a book by Austin Kleon, uh, and he's got he's got three this this trilogy of goodness. Um, uh, I recommend to everybody. They're short reads, but they're really uh, really good and practical reads. His first one is called "Steal Like an Artist," and it's all about um, uh, you know remixing and um, and and where good ideas come from and how we we build upon the ideas of others. Uh, the second book is called "Show Your Work," and the third book is called "Keep Going." And so, if you're interested in, in any of those books, highly highly recommended. But "Show Your Work" was really something that resonated with me because the whole book is really about how about about the process of sharing the the process of sharing the process in creating something that's meaningful in the universe and the effect that that can have on the people that consume that art or want to go on the journey with you. And so when I read that book, I really decided that this was a project that I wanted to show my work on. And so uh, if you go to the website or if you download the ebook, what you can do is basically you you pick a song as every chapter is a song and uh, or every web page is a song and you can start at the very beginning where I published the early uh, lyrics the early demos um, and then some of the stuff midway through uh, as I was working out where the song comes from and I was kind of really trying to open the kimono and, and show people you know not everything is just um, uh, out, out of the blue you know to share the influences of the books and the poems and the, the songs and the circumstances that uh, that lead to it that lead to a song, so people could maybe reverse engineer that and might help them in their creative process or in the things that they are producing for the world. And so uh, that was that was the the goal was to show my work. And so if you get a chance, check out the site and you can you can peel through that. But I'm going to play you a demo. Of um, uh, of the title track to the song, um, uh, it's called Postcards, and this was a song. Uh, I'll play you a, a little piece of the demo. This was a song that I um, got to work on uh, in the company of of one of my musical heroes, uh, Linford Detweiler, uh, who's the one of the songwriters of a band called Over the Rhine. And in uh, man, it was I think it was twenty sixteen. I got on a plane and I flew out to their farm in rural Ohio. And um, for me, that was like just just an amazing uh, opportunity to go and create with someone whose songs I find to be some of my favorites ever. Um, and uh, one of the things that we did on the third day was um, they paired us off with other songwriters. And we had, I think it was like two hours or three hours to go create a song from scratch. And so, um, so really... Postcards. The genesis of that came out of that writing exercise, where we, um, where my my two partners uh, and, and I uh, had to basically 
just figure something out. And so we played around with, with melodies and choruses. And what you'll hear in the demo is something that's completely different from the final product, but you'll see where it came from. And so uh, I'll play you this, this clip right now, um, and, uh, and, and we'll talk about it in a second. And then here's um, the final uh, product. I'll play you part of the part of the um, the verse, and then the chorus. And you can kind of hear where those came from. Right, so so there's a there's a there there, right? You can kind of see where it where it came from. And so even though you know the the main melody and the tempo and and the uh, you know the verses kind of got uh, got changed or, or or removed, there was that that nugget of of, of goodness that I thought was uh, that chorus that I was able to kind of um, uh, reuse and 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 something that we could a skeleton that I could build upon, and that's where that that song came from. Um, and, you know, lyrically it was something that, um, wanted to kind of, the concept was like people writing back and forth, um, letters, sending, sending postcards. And, um, was also really inspired by, by this poem that I heard, um, uh, on, um, it was, it was called a woman. I think it's a woman describes why she likes country. All the details are, are on the website, but if you read the poem, there's definitely some lines in there that i Kind of appropriated and 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 remixed and, and and mashed up to give the song some legs, and so that's kind of where that that came from. But I wanted to, to take people through that that journey uh, to show them the whole experiences. I wanted to show them the work. And so, why did this take five years? Well, you know, life happens. Number one, um, but there's a couple other things that that are are challenges. I think anytime anyone does a creative a creative work which is how do you know when it's done? And uh, I didn't have a, a really great answer to, to that question. Um, I, had, I had recorded several of these songs uh, three, four different ways and uh, with different instrumentations, with different personnel, and um, really had to at some point stop and say, it's done. Uh, and, and that's a difficult point. It's a difficult point to know when you're there uh, because especially now, you know, I'm, I'm basically 
building this podcast. And I built most of this record on a MacBook Pro in my basement, uh, where I just have a couple of mics and and um, uh, and a and a friend who's an amazing audio engineer, and it sounds like a real thing, you know. And so when you have the 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 potential to tweak everything uh, forever, the temptation that you run into is to continue to tweak everything forever and you never put the thing out. And so there was a point where I had to stop and say, it's done. And, uh, uh, and, and that was challenging. Like, is it perfect? No, absolutely not. But it, it's, it's good enough is the wrong word. It's a point where I'm very proud of it and felt like it was presentable to the universe. And that took a lot of time. Like I said, you know, some of these songs took several years to, uh, uh, to, to complete or to at least get the, um, the, the instrumentation right before I could ship it out and, uh, and create the infrastructure around it to present it in the way that I wanted it to be presented. So, so what happened? You know, obviously I'm not going to win a Grammy with this record and, uh, you know, I don't have tens of thousands of plays across all of the streaming services, but here's one thing that did happen when I did put it out, you know, I've, I've got a, a great network of, of people that do, um, or have supported me throughout the different musical projects I've put out over the years. Um, some of them might be listening to this podcast too, and thank you for all of, all of the support. Um, an interesting thing happens when you when you go from um, from putting out an album as I did uh, back in 2012 on CD. Uh, you know the old way to do this, and I shouldn't say the old way, but the way that that we used to do this when I was in bands, and, and certainly uh, even when I when I put out uh, the last album, the flood was you know it had a had a big party, had a CD release party, I invited a bunch of people, and I had drinks and a live band, and, and we played the record or we featured the record. And we all experienced that together. That was really cool. Um, but that's also an, an amazing amount of work. And, uh, and just, you know, being where I am uh, today, uh, what I wanted to do was to still create a connection with people and have a release date and have um, uh, a way for us to kind of collectively experience this together. And so, you know, one of the things that I did was uh, I, I bought a ton of vintage postcards on eBay. And since the project was called Postcards, Poetry, and Prose, I sent those postcards to a ton of people, um, kind of letting them know what was going on. I wanted to try to have a, some kind of a personal connection to get them uh, engaged or involved or excited about uh, this project. And I only sent it to folks that I thought were, you know, were kind of really going really gonna to dig it, close friends, family, um, and, uh, and, and still my hand hurt from writing all of those, all those damn postcards. But when we had the real, the real release date, here was, here's the thing that I thought was really cool. Um, you know, instead of having a CD release party, it just, it just appears, right? Like it just appears on Spotify. It just appears on iTunes. It just appears on Amazon music. And like, there it is. There's a thing that we can all consume. And, you know, when you push that magic button that's the post to Facebook, to Instagram, um, that there's this new thing that you could listen to it, people can accept or reject that on the spot, right? In so many ways, like everyone is putting out content, everyone's looking for eyeballs, everyone's looking for attention. Um, and so, 
you know, in a lot of ways, it can be just a flash in the pan. But the thing that I thought was super cool was the day that I put it out, uh, it, you know, uh, I was getting, I started getting text messages and emails and, uh, and, and social media messages around like eight, nine o'clock Eastern time at night. And it was evident to me that that was the time where a lot of these people were listening to the project for the first time or visiting the website or um, downloading the book, but they were all consuming it. And, and the cool thing that was happening was they were sending me feedback, you know, the things that they liked, even some of the things that they, that they didn't like. But we were, we were still having this collective experience through the internet. Like we were together alone. It was, it's beautiful and it's kind of sad in some ways too, but it was still really cool that you can push this magic button and the people that care can all consume this. And we are having this digital asynchronous dialogue, people emailing me from New York and California and Texas and, uh, 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 you know, all talking about this album as my phone was going off at the same time. So they were all experiencing it together, but alone. And I thought it was a really interesting way to consume a project like this because in some ways some of the some some of the uh you know that that first listen that first reaction everyone's going to have a different uh, a different place or things that are going on around them as they're experiencing that and it was really cool to get that feedback from multiple people from multiple states uh at the same time and so that process of 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 pushing send or upload or post um, and announcing to the universe that this is a thing I made this for you you know I, I hope I hope you made I hope you like this is nerve-wracking at, at the same time uh, but it's also in- incredibly rewarding when you do get um, feedback um, in in real time so that's kind of the, the gist of, of the project I just wanted to kind of go over um, what the process was and, and if you get some time if you haven't checked it out now you can go to postcardspoetryandprose.com to consume that project as a website or you can go to iBooks and download the book um, and it's on all streaming services everywhere at this point no physical copies exist so um, if you're curious uh, about that side of what I do I hope you check it out but I want to kind of tie that project I didn't want to just talk about the um, uh, that particular project but I, I do want to tie it into um, kind of a larger toolkit to talk a little bit about what I've learned through building and launching that project as opposed to other things and so I want to tie this into a larger conversation and one of the things that I'm really guilty of is taking on too many projects at once there's so many things that I want to do um, that I want to to build or try to build or or put out into the world that um, it's frustrating to me when things take too long. And honestly, it's my own fault. A lot of it is because I don't say no or I don't understand how to or have not understood how to decide how to prioritize and batch process things. So what I learned through this process is, you know, uh, the way to get something done for me now is to put other things on hold. It's one of the reasons that this podcast was on hold. I needed to finish this project or it was never going to get done. And I find that um, when I can focus on one, maybe two things uh, and batch that out and just grind on it, um, I'm doing better work. My my mental energy is focused as opposed to, to scattered across a bunch of different projects. And I'm able to really put, I think, my my best effort behind getting something done. Um, but it's at the it's at the expense of these all these other things that are floating around that I want to do. So, one of the things I've tried to do 
is get a better sense of um, internally understanding, you know, what's the, what setting a ship date, when do I have to have this done by setting an arbitrary deadline for myself and saying, I will finish this by this date. I will ship this by this date. And if I don't, or if along the way I'm having second doubts, instead of just letting a project linger, you kill it off. You can't finish everything. I'm doing the same with books actually right now. Uh, I'm guilty of trying to read uh, three or four books at the same time, which I know a lot of people dig uh, and can do. I'm seeing that I am not effective at that. But what I'm able to try to do now is 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 uh, or what I'm what I'm doing now is just understanding that if there's a book that's not grabbing me and it's consistently not grabbing me, I don't have to finish that book. I can stop reading the book. And so that's one of the things I'm trying to do as I read more, uh, understanding that, you know, I don't have to read every single article in every magazine. I don't have to finish every single book that I start. If it's not what I thought it was, if it's not bringing me joy, shout out to Marie Kondo, um, if it's not serving me, I can just stop. And so I'm trying to do that with projects as well, understand what it is about that project that is either causing me to uh, stall to, uh, uh, you know, is it, to, to, to not ship it? Is it fear? Is it lack of interest? And either set an arbitrary deadline to finish it and ship it or kill it off. A couple of things that I'm doing to kind of manage that process, right? Uh, two, two, two main things. Um, one, uh, two tools that I've been using. One is just trying to be vicious about reverse engineering something. And this is a tool that I, I, I use a lot with uh, entrepreneurs and, and, and folks that I'm working with that are trying to build a business. Um, using a website as an example, right? If you got to launch a website, there are, cer- there are some ingredients that you need to launch that website. You need photography, you need copy, you need a design, you need sitemaps. Um, there's all of these different things that you need. And in some ways, you need certain aspects of those before you need the other aspects. And so taking the time to try to rip apart what is that final project made of and breaking that down into small component parts and then breaking those component parts into component parts and then breaking those component parts into component parts is something that's worked really well for me. This idea of just reverse engineering and you get it down to the point where there's a thing that you can do immediately. They have to be tiny, bite-sized, manageable tasks because it makes the bigger goal seem more manageable. There's the expression, how do you eat an elephant? Well, one bite at a time. And it's the same thing that I found in trying to get some of these latest projects done. I just have to break it down into tiny, manageable, snackable pieces and not even worry about the main goal. Just follow the path. The second thing that I use is I try to take that reverse engineering uh, process and I plot all of those things on a calendar with deadlines. So I'll literally, you know, try to try to move the needle forward uh, in some way every day, every other day. But there's a there's a thing that needs to happen. So I just take all of those components and I try to map them out and arrange them so that everything lines up and is done by the ship date with a little bit of leeway in there. And for me, you never have to question what is the next thing that I have to do? I can just look at the calendar and say, oh, today I have to write 150 words about my bio, or I have to write my bio, 150 words for my bio. Or tomorrow, I have to get two pictures taken for the about me section of the website, right? You can just lay it out day by day, week by week, and then all I gotta do is follow the path. It helps the, the, the project itself not be so intimidating. And sometimes I've been using, um, I've been trying to do a daily planner 
as well. That's been a tool that's been helping me. I've, I've been using, uh, or I used um, to launch this podcast actually originally, uh, a tool called the Best Self Journal uh, that I was very happy with. Um, but it wasn't suiting my needs all the time. It's great for, for I think, uh, a sprint of getting getting things done. But I've been using uh, that that kind of methodology, but also designing my own kind of digital daily planner that sits on my iPad that gives me a couple of a couple of things that that I have to do every day. Uh, one is I I plot out what are the, the things that I have to do on my calendar hour by hour. Um, but then I also try to make sure that there's one thing in there that contributes to making my project closer to finishing. It, it can be a tiny, tiny, tiny thing, but one thing every day. Um, it could be sending an email. It could be doing a little bit of research. But is there is there a thing that I can do every day that moves that ball forward? And then I also try to, um, uh, so that's, that's kind of just writing down, what's the thing that would make today a win? If nothing, else, If everything else goes wrong, but I get this thing done, is that a win? Um, I try to have that every day and something that is project focused. And the other thing that's been been useful to me is trying to do um, uh, a little bit of gratitude journaling. And so the best self journal, they give you three, they, they want you to look um, every morning, this morning I'm grateful for, and then write down three things. And at night I'm grateful for, and write down three things. And that's, that's great to kind of get your mind right, to take stock of the day, but also, especially when things aren't going right, you can kind of go back to that and say, well, you know, but here are the things that are going right uh, in my life. And it kind of grounds you. Um, and for me, I felt, you know, a little bit of anxiety to try to come up with three things every day. Not, not that I'm not grateful for a ton of stuff, but some days it's just hard. And so I removed that friction with the planner that I use now. Um, and I'm just trying to, I leave it open-ended. I got to get one thing. And, uh, and that's, that's, um, that just still gives me that mental exercise to step back and go, yeah, even if I had a really tough day, there's a couple of things that are that are really going well. And you need to create that positive momentum to keep the ball moving forward. So if you have time, I hope you check out the project postcards, poetryandprose.com. And uh, uh, and I'm going to start the new season of Rust Belt Startup. I have a, a lot of episodes in the can already, which I'm really excited about. So I have batched some of these interviews and you're going to love them. Um, so the full length episodes are going to be um, starting shortly. I hope you hit that subscribe button. And if you're if you're feeling like you're digging this, uh, give me a give me a, a rating and a review on the podcast store of your choice. Uh, and if you're really digging it, I'm going to try to I'm going to try to I shouldn't say I'm going to try to I am going to um, bring back the email newsletter that's going to be a once a month digest and recap of not only the interviews that I've been doing as part of this podcast, but just some of the things that I'm discovering along the way, articles, tactics, tips that might just make your life a little bit better. So if you're if you're picking up what I'm putting down, you can head over to rustbeltstartup.com and subscribe to the email list, and I will send you no more than one email a month. So thanks for tuning in to this episode zero of Rust Belt Startup, and stay tuned for the, for the first episode uh, with my, which is my interview with Big Mike Morell. We talk about how he applies the, uh, 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 the Japanese manufacturing uh, methodology called Kaizen, which is basically continuous improvement, not only to his business, but to his relationships and his life. It's a great conversation. Stoked for you guys to hear it. 
it's uh, uh, it's it's coming real soon. So thank you so much for tuning in, and we'll talk to you later.